Morning, everyone. It is Thursday, the 9th of June. Mr. Christopher Conway, you have overnight for us. Please and thank you. Thank you, Ben. The Dow was down 269 points, eight tenths of a percent. The S&P 500, a little bit worse, down 1.1%. Oil prices were the big story overnight after the head of one of the world's largest commodity traders sounded the alarm bell on oil prices, saying they could go to US 150 per barrel in the next six months. For context, they're about $122 a barrel now, and oil prices were up 2% overnight. Of course, that fuel worries about inflation and slowing economic growth. Some other points on oil. Goldman Sachs earlier in the week forecasting $140 a barrel oil. The International Energy Agency saying that Europe could face energy shortages. US gasoline prices are at record highs of $4.80 per gallon. And that price is expected to go to $6.20 by August. So plenty of news around the oil price and the impact it's likely to have on the economy. And the Atlanta Fed GDP tracker. This is something that Henry talks about every Monday, showing that the US economy could be heading for a second straight quarter of negative growth. That, of course, being the technical definition of a recession. And that is about it. Very nice. Thank you, Chris. Thomas, what's happening locally? Thank you, Ben. Our market is sliding 49 points. Energy and healthcare names, however, are outperforming, as Chris was pointing out, that energy oil prices are up. Property and financials are the worst performers. And Marcus was just saying before that the banks have fallen close to 10% in two days. And that's coming off the back of those hawkish moves from the RBA. Hamish Douglas to come in as a Magellan consultant. MFG up 3.1% on the news. Horizon AZJ and its one rail deal is back under the ACCC microscope. AZJ off 1.7% on that news. Syrah SYR is slipping around 10% on the news of an insurgent attack at a mine site in Mozambique, although its main Balama operations are not currently impacted. John's Ling Group flat despite upgrading guidance for the full year and Shaver Shop up 4.4% after posting guidance. We have weekly payroll jobs and wages data due today and that is about it, Ben. Eric, thank you. Thomas, Leighton, anything much coming out of the brokers today? Thank you, Ben. Just following the theme of the banks this morning, UBS has updated its research on the big four and the broker highlights historical underperformance from the banks during periods of low growth and high inflation. And they've got a ANZ is the only buy out of the four, but the target price has dropped around 6% from $32 to $30. It's still implying a 26% upside. And Westpac was downgraded to neutral from a buy and the target price has dropped around 4% to $26. That still implies an 18% upside. And I'm still waiting on the research for Commonwealth and NAB, but I've got the target price for CBA was lifted 5% and the target price for NAB dropped 5.5%. That still implies a 14% upside. So still a bit of upside, but that's probably because of how much they've dropped over the recent times. And it'll be a little bit further today as well, because they're all down a few percent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just an interesting one there, UBS, buy recommendation for City Chic, that's CCX, the target price of $4.50, which implies a 122% upside. Yeah. Interesting that one, Leighton, seeing as they were trading at about five fifty at the start of the year. So I wonder if that's a lag in target price update or if it's genuine optimism. We'll, we'll watch out that one. Chris, what's happening in trading? Thank you, Ben. For anyone who missed it yesterday, we exited Santos, locking in some more profits. So we've had a pretty good run of late. Eight out of the last 10 trades have been winners and we've taken profits on Santos, Viva Energy, Woodside and Karoon. So we've not missed the energy trade, shall we say. We currently have Beach Energy and Wally open as well. Interestingly, Tom riding up Wally as a buy, hold, sell today. And both of those positions faring pretty well. Just on the news overnight, a 
and everyone talking up energy prices. As I was saying on the desk earlier, oftentimes when you see these big price targets, it's usually not too far before the oil price tops out. So I'm happy to sell into the strength that is the energy price at the moment and take profits along the way, which is what we've been doing. As for my chart of the day, today I'm taking a look at Webjet. The travel stocks have quietly been creeping higher of late. And if anyone saw the news during the week about everyone waiting at the passport office, trying to get their passports, then potentially there's some more demand coming down the pike. So Web is the one that I'm having a look at. Looks as though it's about to break out and a potential grinder there for anyone who wants to take on that trade. Very nice. Thank you, Chris. Henry, what are you writing about today in Henry's take? Thanks, guys. Just in my stuff today, just, I guess, following on from the article I wrote a week or so ago about the banks, uh, the AFR summit with the CEOs were warning about some of the issues that are prevalent in the banking sector at the moment. And we have seen this bifurcation of the market at the moment. We've got resources which are doing pretty well across the board and Woodside, which we wrote up, are really powering ahead after the the merger, of course, with the BHP oil and gas assets. But the banks really have been walloped. And when I wrote the article, and Marcus is going to talk more about this, the big bank basket, which is my invention. I invented this a long time ago, many years ago, uh, when you could buy all big four banks for a hundred bucks. It was the hundred buck chuck. It topped out at about $215 back in May 2015. So that was some time ago. It was recently trading at around 190. It's now, well, last night it was 172 and it's taken another big hit today. So that's a pretty interesting thing. We've got uh, you know CBA down 4.6% today as this bifurcation increases. And the banks have really held up our market for such a long time because they have been rock steady and we're sort of 65 points down of which probably 45 points of that is the banking sector. So it really has been a, a big influence on our index. Apart from that, just some housekeeping stuff with Ask the Analyst. Also my smoke alarm, which keeps going off. One day I'll find out where it is and change the battery for that one. And that's about it from me. I did record a really good podcast last night with Marcus answering a load of questions from members, which I'm just finished editing. In fact, I didn't actually need any editing because there was media professionals at work. So that was a good thing there. That's about it from me. Very nice. Thanks, Henry. Look forward to listening to that one when it's released. Speak of the devil. Marcus, what's happening in strategy? That was a very professional podcast, wasn't it, Henry? Anyway, is that published yet, Henry? No, I've only just finished editing it and putting the music in, but it will be published tomorrow afternoon as it's a long weekend. We'll get a bit of a jump on the weekend edition. Fabulous. So that was Henry and I answering stupid questions and not so stupid questions. There are no stupid questions, as Henry says. And we hope to do that a little bit more often as part of our sort of educational offering in the newsletter. Otherwise, strategy to Today we've got a long weekend ahead of us and we've got a CPI number tomorrow night in the US. So we won't react till Tuesday. So I imagine our market for choice will probably slide into the weekend as people don't want to load up bets ahead of the CPI number, which could be pivotal. As I say, it could end or extend the recent bounce we've seen in the US. I will come to the banks in a minute. The thing upsetting the banks is you might have seen a few comments in the news wires, but one of the obvious ones is that after the RBA interest rate rise on Tuesday, bond markets are now implying interest rates going to 3% by the end of this year, that's official rates, and 4.5% by the end of next year and staying at 4% for the next two years. So very glad I don't have a $1 million mortgage. It does seem like the RBA have realized that they've got to go hard. And there is some good commentary out from Shane Oliver today pointing out that household spending during the pandemic 
pandemic fell away and household saving has risen significantly, which means even if you raise rates, you still have money to spend at the moment because we didn't spend that $12 billion a year on international travel. And we also got some stimulus. So in order to stop people spending and paying higher prices, interest rates have got to jack up hard. And that's probably what the RBA were doing on Tuesday and why they caught us by surprise. Shane Oliver's less negative about where interest rates are going to go. He sees them at 2% instead of 3% by the end of the year and 2.5%, not 4.5% by mid next year. But he does see house prices falling 10 to 15% over the next 18 months, which agrees with that Deloitte's partner speaking at the AFR summit a week or so ago, who said exactly the same thing. So the banks are today beginning to take on board much higher rates than perhaps they'd previously thought. I see one broker has downgraded their target prices on all the banks. There, there hasn't been much research, I've got to say, only one broker so far has adjusted for this rate rise, but others will likely follow. I'll get to the banks in a minute. The other quick things, European Central Bank meeting tonight, Christine Lagarde is very likely to end the asset purchase program in July and rates are going to go up 25 to 50 basis points. Consensus is 25. There's a chart of the German 10-year bond yield in the strategy piece today. It's gone from minus 0.6 a year ago to 1.35. So it's up about 2% and rates haven't moved in Europe. So they obviously have to. We've got an FOMC meeting next week. They're expected to lift rates 50 basis points, only an 8% chance of 75 basis points, which is half the chance it was a month ago. The CBA has cut GDP forecasts this morning after the RBA rate rise. Quite quite significant cut as well. They were expecting 4.7% GDP growth this year. They're now expecting three and a half. So that follows a bunch of other strategists who are downgrading GDP forecasts. The World Bank has dropped global growth forecasts, as you probably saw yesterday. The OECDs dropped them today. You've got the CEO of JP Morgan saying, brace yourself for a hurricane. Elon Musk is saying he's got a super bad feeling about the economy. And Robert Schiller, who's a Yale professor, saying there's a good chance of a recession in the US. So that is the trend of commentary at the moment is uh, towards lower GDP growth and markets will struggle, I think, against that backdrop. Otherwise, the other observation, as Tom said, is that the energy trade could have further to run. You've got that piece of research out today from Goldman Sachs saying that they are predicting higher oil prices into next year. And today I've put together, if you remember last month, we did the member survey and question 20 was, do you have a stock tip or an inside tip, which meant a legal inside tip uh, from your own industry or a business that you know for other members? So I have today published 500 stock tips from you. And the obvious themes in there are agriculture, energy, and lithium. And the most mentioned stock as a favorite stock was Macquarie, followed by Pilbara Minerals, PLS. But have a read of those. There's some really interesting little paragraphs from members who know their industry, and you might find some stocks in there. As always with these things, people always tip the stocks they've just made the most money out of. So it's more sort of 
looking back at what I just did well in, people will write about that rather than necessarily what will do well in the future. But whatever, there's a fair bit of value in there. Have a look at that. That's on a separate section today. Right. Was that the top for banks? I have not seen the bank sector have two days like this for a long, long time. To lose seven, eight, nine, ten percent in two days is clearly going to be shocking for some people, especially long-term income investors. Have a read of the strategy piece, what I think about it. I think the sector is likely to continue to drift now. We don't have any dividends from the major three banks. CBA has got a dividend coming up. The other three banks, we don't have dividends for five months or so. The sector's held up extremely well. You've got this rather seismic uh, sentiment shock in two days. Although I have to say, I don't see that the market should continue so rapidly to come off or the share price to come off. So there may be a short-term stabilization and bounce. Despite that, I think if you were an active investor, you'd probably be thinking, yeah, I could probably use the money elsewhere. The sentiment top does appear to be in. Having said that, it depends what sort of investor you are. I don't think long-term investors are going to be worried about a normal cyclical interest rate rise. Your shares may not go anywhere for a while, but uh, that won't worry people. Income investors certainly wouldn't be worried too much. If anything, you might see it as an opportunity to buy the CBA ahead of results coming up. And that's about that. I think the obvious thing for commentators like myself is try and pacify people that it's not that bad, but I can see that some people will just go, oh, that's that's enough for the banks for now. Uh, that's certainly what happened yesterday. Every major fund manager will have had an, an asset allocation meeting after the RBA interest rate rise surprised everybody. The next morning, yesterday morning, they've all sat in a meeting and gone, what are we going to do about it? And clearly some have decided we'll sell the banks. And that's what happened yesterday. And it will go on as long as the sellers are there. I'm looking at today, looks like brokers are sitting with huge orders to sell the banks again this morning. At some point, that'll peter out. Ultimately, as Henry said earlier, you've missed the top and we're going to have to start looking for the bottom before too long. I don't think it's yet, but that seismic shift is so quick. The stock markets are really nasty past. One, one, one thing to uh, to add to all that, I guess the um, the big bank basket that is now down 13.5% from its recent highs in about a week and a half. So that's a massive move. And the other thing that is sort of affecting the narrative is it's always considered that interest rate rises were good for the banks because it increases their net interest margins. That was the thought, but the banks are passing on uh, those deposit rate rises. And we've seen an aggressive move from Macquarie as well. So that net interest margin is not as baked in as being good with higher rates as was previously thought. And we're certainly seeing that sort of narrative coming through in the US as well. Yeah, we'll see what the brokers do with it. There's only been one broker that seems to have reacted so far. But at the moment, the target price on CBA is 3% below the current share price. That Everybody always is a seller of the CBA. The broker research is not worth the paper it's written on half the time. The other banks, NAB, Westpac, and the ANZ, the NAB and Westpac, the average target price is now 17% above the current share price. And for the ANZ, 23% above the current share price. So we'll see whether the brokers react in the next few days, but the research is going to settle down at some point as well. The short term, and not just in the short term, but have a look in the strategy piece. I put weekly Hekanashi charts in of all the banks. They've all topped out. I'm afraid to tell you there are sell signals everywhere on the chart if that helps at all. So two terrible days has probably started a bit of a downtrend, I think is the conclusion there. Right. And that I think is about it from me. Great stuff as always. Thank you, Marcus. Following on from that, the GDP forecast downgrades, what Chris was talking about before with the 
US economy heading for a second straight quarter of negative economic growth. Our question today is, are you worried about a potential recession? Short answer, no. Well, one way to look at it is we're coming from quite a high point of growth and it's meant to drop to, I saw a CBA forecast, 2.1% next year. It's still okay growth and within the target of 2 to 3%. So I guess it depends what sector you're in, if it's going to be poor for your job or the outlook for your business. But I don't see it as the, the world ending. Yeah, I definitely don't think we have as much to worry about as the US does in terms of a recession, but more cautious. Thank you, Leighton. Chris? Slightly more worried. Recessions aren't good for economies or markets. So, Henrik? Ben, we're the lucky country, and I've got to say, with a commodity boom that we've got at the moment, despite the fact that energy prices are getting ridiculously high and lettuces are now 11 bucks, but I've never been a fan of green stuff much anyway, I'm not really that worried about a recession for Australia. Obviously, we will be swept up in any global recession, but I think that being the lucky country country being iron ore, gold, lithium, etc. and LNG exports, government coffers are going to be pretty fully stuffed and we will escape any worse case scenarios in a recessionary world. Marcus? No, I'm not too worried. I would say it's normal cyclical stuff. Truth is, my main concern would be the stock market falling over and what that does for the newsletter business. But the truth of the matter is the newsletter business actually thrives when people are struggling a little bit because people are look out for advice. So I don't think it'll be too bad for Marcus today as a business, but I don't think it'll be too bad anyway. I do think we are not seeing a long-term cyclical swing. We are seeing a post-pandemic Russian war, China lockdown, adjustment, and a fear that inflation is going to ingrain. If they get on top of it quickly, we're going to be talking about peak interest rates. We could be talking about it on Friday night when that inflation number comes out. No central bank wants to keep rates up for a long period of time. We're in a bit of a moment. It won't last as long as the normal cycle. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. Good point. And I think uh, from the market's perspective, not long ago, the sector linkages that we do in the fund and slowing growth is bad for everything. <laughs> With interest rates and inflation, there's some beneficiaries, but if growth is in the toilet, then everything suffers. But I think, as you said, Marcus, I think the central banks would be quietly saying all this chatter is quite good. It shows that us being aggressive is working. People are starting to get a bit concerned. Maybe I'll really and they're spending because they're worried about what the next six, 12 months are going to look like. And then inflation comes down and all of a sudden they don't have to get up to the three, 4% and maybe Shane's right. So be interesting to watch. Yes. Well, maybe UBS hopefully are right. We'll be seeing interest rate cuts by the end of the next year rather than more rise. Yeah. I like the RBA and all the central banks being more aggressive doing more now so they don't have to do less in the long run. Very good. All right. Thanks guys. Back again tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.